0: SECTION 7 OF LOST DIARIES This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nemo LOST DIARIES by Maurice Baring From the Diary of Mrs. James Lee's Husband October 1st At last, the heat wave is over. It's the first day we have been able to breathe for months. Just as I was coming back from my morning walk, Hilda leant out of the window and suggested I could climb up into a room like Romeo. I said I preferred the door. Hilda shut the window with a bang and was cross all through luncheon. Resoles, again, I said to Hilda. You know I hate hashed meat. She said, I know I can't give you the food you get at the Grand Hotel. That's because I went to Duville last week. October 5th We lit a fire for the first time last night. Hilda said she felt cold. I thought it was rather stuffy. She said, "'Do light the fire,' and went out of the room. I lit it, and it smoked. This chimney always does smoke at first. When she came back, she said, "'What have you done?' I said, "'I've lit the fire you asked me to.' She said, "'But not all that wood at once, and you ought to have pushed the wood back.' For the rest of the evening she complained of the heat and the smoke, although we had the window open in the dining room, and the smoke had all disappeared after a few moments. October 7th It's very windy. Went for a walk on the cliffs, back through the fields. Saw a rabbit and a magpie. Wish I had had a gun. I said to Hilda, That the sea was striped to leeward like a snake, in olive-colored, but on the weather-side it was spotted with wind. Hilda said, You are very observant about the weather. This was a hit at me and the fire. Little things rankle in her mind. Afterwards she was sorry she had said this, and she said, What fun we shall have here in winter! I don't think it's a winter place myself, but I want to stay here till i finished my poem. I'm getting on with it. October 8th I read out to Hilda a lyric i had just finished. It's to come in the second canto, when Lancelot says goodbye to Princess Azra. The situation is roughly that the princess bullies him and he gets sick of it and goes. And then, of course, she's sorry when it's too late. He sings the song as he's going. She overhears it. I was rather pleased with it. Hilda said, Oh, of course, I know I worry you with my attentions. What this had got to do with a poem, I can't think. It was all because last night, when I was working, Hilda came into my room and said, are you warm enough? And I said yes, rather absent mindedly, as I was in the middle of my work. Ten minutes later, she looked in again and asked me if I wanted some beer, and I said no, without looking up. Then, very soon afterwards, she came in a third time and asked me if I was sure I wasn't cold and whether I wouldn't have the fire lit. Rather snappishly, because it is a bore to be interrupted, just when one's on the verge of getting an idea fixed. I said, no. I'm afraid this hurt her feelings. October 9th Since Hilda has given up her sketching, she has nothing to do. I was very busy this afternoon finishing my weekly article in time for the Post. She rushed into the room and said, Didn't I think a butterfly settling on a jock was the ultimate symbol of love in the mind of man? I said, I thought she was very probably right. Heavens knows what she meant. Women's minds move by jerks. One never knows what they'll say next. They're so irrelevant. October 10th It's blowing a Gail, stuck in the poem. Hilda says it's cynical. I don't know what she means. She says she didn't know I was so bitter. I said, it's only a kind of fairy tale. She said, yes, but that makes it worse. But it's only an ordinary love story, I said. She said, of course, I know nothing can go on being the same. It can no doubt be better, but not the same as it was before. But Princess Azra is only an incident in my poem, I said. Hilda said nothing. But after a time she asked me whether I thought that was the meaning of the moan of the wind. I have no idea what she meant by that. She is very cryptic sometimes. October 11th lovely day. The sun came out, and I suggested that I should take a holiday, and that we should go and have a picnic on the rocks. I was afraid Hilda might have something against the plan. One never knows. But she didn't. On the contrary, she seemed delighted. She made a hamper, and I carried it down to the rocks. We caught shrimps and threw stones into the sea just like children. I think Hilda enjoyed herself. On the way home, I asked her why she didn't go on with her drawing. I really think it's a great pity she has given it up. She has real talent. She said, I will if you wish it. I said, Of course, I don't want you to do it if you don't like, but I do think it's a pity to waste such a very real talent. She said, I quite understand, and sighed. I wonder what she was thinking of. Hilda is absurdly modest. She draws extremely well, especially figures. October 12th Hilda has begun drawing again. I am delighted. She began copying the cast of a hand. But I suggested to her that it would be far more interesting for her to draw a real hand from nature. So she got a little girl from the village to sit for her. I am delighted. It gives her an occupation, and I really am very busy just now. After all, we came here so as not to be disturbed, to be away from people and interruptions, and I find that in the last two months I've got through less work than I did in London in June. I must make up for lost time. I can't get on with a poem. I think I shall leave it for a time. I should immensely like Hilda's opinion on what ought to happen next. She can be of the greatest help and use when she chooses. Unfortunately, she has taken one of those unreasonable and entirely unaccountable dislikes to this poem. And no argument is of the slightest use. It's no good even mentioning it. I shall leave it for a time and go on with my other work. It is most unfortunate that Hilda should look upon it in this light, especially as she doesn't even know what the subject is. But she has taken an episode. In fact, one little song As symbolic of the whole. But then logic never was Hilda's strong point. October 13th. Hilda is getting on very well with a hand. She seems to enjoy it, which is the great thing. October 24th. Have been too busy all these last days thinking, even to write my diary. Believe I have at last really got an idea for the poem. Shall begin tomorrow. Have not dared mention it to Hilda. Fortunately, she is still utterly absorbed in her drawing. October 27 Great Disappointment Last night, Hilda said it was no good concealing things any longer and that one must look facts in the face. I had no idea what she meant. Then she said she had noticed for some time past how bored I was here, and how I was longing to get rid of her. Nothing I could say would persuade her of the contrary. I tried to explain that I had been searching for a new idea, and that this had no doubt made me appear more absent-minded than usual. She said, I am not going to worry you any longer. I'm going to set you free. And to my intense surprise, she announced that she had booked a berth on the steamer for the day after tomorrow. I knew that argument wouldn't be of any use, so I gave in at once. It is most disappointing, just as I had got an idea I wanted to consult her about. October 29th On board the steamer, Queen Marguerite saw Hilda off. She insisted on going and refused to argue. Deeply regret she is leaving. Hilda is the only woman I ever met who remains tidy even on a steamer. The sea air suits her. It has done her a world of good and it's a great pity she's leaving so soon. She says it's for good, but that, of course, is ridiculous. End of Section 7